Welcome to the Maze Marketing Podcast. This isn't another podcast about marketing tricks or hacks, but about building effective marketing systems, beating marketing overwhelm, and communicating your expertise. With your hosts, Rob Drummond and Jonathan Wilson. Hi there. So this week, Jonathan and I are talking about Facebook conversion tracking, which more than any other conversion tracking topic confuses me above anything else. Because compared to the other tools like Google and LinkedIn and Twitter, uh, Facebook gives you a lot of additional conversion tracking options beyond just installing a basic conversion tracking script. Um, You also get the option to track events like when people click on things, when when people watch videos, when people begin a checkout process, all of which is very easy to be overwhelmed by, to get confused by. Um, So I wanted in this episode to outline what steps you need to take, what you need to understand, and to really demystify the process. As always, if you have questions about this, do get in touch, uh, info at mazemarketingpodcast.com. Let's jump into the conversation. So Rob, I heard you had some questions recently about Facebook conversion tracking. What has been troubling you? Um, it really confuses me. <laughs> and if it really confuses me, then I imagine it really confuses most of the people listening to this conversation. So, so I think what specifically confuses me is that, yes, you can set up so you can install a site-wide pixel. So when you set up conversion tracking on Facebook, they give you a site-wide pixel to install, and that's fine. So then you specify that conversions happen when people view certain pages. That makes sense to me. I guess what doesn't make sense then is you've also got various options to sort of create events. Um, and all, all of that baffles me a bit, and I wondered if we could kind of try and clear up murkiness for everyone yeah absolutely and uh, confusion is probably the top number one word associated with this if we, if we took all the conversations about tracking and did a word cloud I'm pretty sure confusion would be the, the biggest <laughs> word in the middle of the cloud so yep um, yeah, there, there's a lot of confusion uh, so, so let's do this let's, let's talk about why there's confusion so first of all uh, there's there's the fundamentals it's something new to learn for any marketer who's just getting to it for the first time um, and I would say a pretty fair amount of people who are trying to run Facebook ads are not primarily technical people. Uh, there are technical people like myself. Um, I have the opposite problem. I have a hard time being creative. Uh, but for the people who are creative and ingenious and uh, trying new things, working with other people and such, uh, producing products, and for them, the tech stuff is quite often uh, essentially a nightmare. Uh, so... So that's part one. Uh, it is quite a technical platform, Facebook as well. And I think this is missed actually. That um, it, it, It's almost like Facebook seems to change the interface a lot. And it's obvious that there's a lot of development work going into it. But there's so much development work going into it that it, a lot of the features are quite technical. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it's, uh, I suppose in a certain sense, compared to whatever, 50 years ago or something, it's amazing how sophisticated it is and how much is uh, being automatically done on behalf of the user so that we don't all have to 
go get computer science engineering degrees in order to just have tracking. So it, it's certainly come a long ways. But yeah, it's uh, clearly it's all uh, it's 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 a bits and bytes data computational thing under the hood, and that that kind of comes out on the surface sometimes. So yep. So there, there's just the the general technical learning curve. There's also the fact that um, it is kind of a lot of the things, for lack of a better term, that go on inside of it are uh, are automated. So some of it's very straightforward, one, two, three, uh, you know, cause and effect, so to speak. Uh, but then other things happen along the way, and I, I see people say things like, "All I did was install my you know global Facebook Pixel, and I I went and used the Chrome." pixel helper like you told me to and it said there was all these events firing i don't understand that well that, that's the automation going on inside uh is it useful or not well first when it comes to tracking to making use of tracking for your business i am totally a fan of the keep it simple so whatever you do need to do at the beginning go ahead and do that it's important all the other stuff the endless additional options uh, extra data that's flowing around inside there. Just don't worry about it. You, when you need it, you'll know you need it. And we'll get there. But uh, in the meantime, leave it alone. So then one last thing that adds to the confusion a lot is people say, well, I set it up and, and we'll talk about what it is here in a little bit. But, you know, I set it up the way you said, and I know I got a sale because my PayPal, my Stripe, whatever told me to. And then, but Facebook says I didn't get a sale, so on and so forth. And a lot of this comes from the fact that, um, again, this is a technical thing, and a lot of people's browsers, devices, computers, even some networks, will have different things going on that prevent all the tracking from working perfectly. What does that mean? Well, uh, first of all, on just the plain fundamental level, you can have a you know a bandwidth issue, a network issue, or your your page doesn't load all the way in someone's browser. Or, anything like that, uh, an, an ad, you know, you're on somebody else's site and there's an ad running while the pixel's trying to load and the browser just kind of gags over it and says, ah, I can't deal with that. Browsers are optimized for speed. They're going to put priority on loading and displaying the page, not priority on firing the tracking pixel. Especially if so, you're on a phone as well. All, all the worse for sure if you're on a phone. Mm -hmm. um, and then in addition to that, there's more and more commonly there's all kinds of blocking going on. So people install ad blockers. Um, there's kind of a, we're actually in kind of an escalating browser war, so to speak. Right now, Apple's leading the charge on this where they're defaulting to having things like cookies uh, and, and, and tracking pixels disabled. Um, it's, it's ostensibly a, a privacy issue. I've got a lot of opinions on that, whether or not it helps or hurts, uh, but yeah. So, so, so all these things can go wrong, which makes it just really, you know, I wish you could like, I wish I could say, go here, look at this. If you've done ABC, you know, it works, but unfortunately due to the nature of the technology itself, that is not always the case. So that's where a lot of the confusion comes from. So all that said, um, so let, let, shall we go over the basics of how it works or do you, or before we get there, do you have a more specific question? No, let's, let's move on to the basics. So the basics. So essentially it works like this. Um, keep in mind that whenever you view a web page or do something online, uh, it is in fact nothing more than data flowing back and forth between two devices, the web server, the cloud on one end, and your desktop, laptop device on your end. And so 
enough data has to come in for your browser, your device to display something on your screen. You, usually we're talking about a page. Um, obviously there's a lot more than that. We can get into apps and how all that works. But in general, let's, let's just think of it as a web page to keep it simple. So here comes into your browser all the data to show a web page on your screen. And the tracking along with that is a little bit of code that you generally never see. It's not a visual thing. It's just some more lines of code on the page that signal back from your device or computer back to the, in this case, to Facebook, if we're gonna focus on the Facebook pixel. Um, there's, there's many others, just Google Analytics and other server tracking, but signals back to Facebook that, hey, this page load, loaded on someone's device. And a fair bit of information actually goes back along with that. So the most important one being what page you are on. So Facebook has to know you're on the mazemarketingpodcast.com or specifically mazemarketingpodcast.com slash blog, whatever, your right. podcast, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in anybody else's case, it's their domain slash whatever the page is, their, their sales page or whatever. And so, and then of course, Facebook knows a lot about you because you're logged in, knows who you are, all kinds of stuff. And it gets, it gets tied to that. So page views is what I just described. You literally went and looked at a page. That's it. But what if you did something on that page? What if you clicked a, a button to get to the next page or click to buy or something? Well, um, that's, that's where the fancy stuff begins to come in. Facebook's pixel will automatically detect some of that and they'll call it an event. So the page loaded and then you clicked on a button, that's a, that's a click event. Um, a lot of the stuff is very generalized. So then let, let's say that you click, you went to the shopping cart, you actually paid. So then when you click the buy now button on that page, um, that gets registered as a purchase event. Um, maybe instead of a purchase, you opted in for an, an email newsletter or something, a download. That's a, that's a lead event or a webinar registration event. There's a, there's a pretty small handful. I think there's about half a dozen um, that are standard. Uh, I, don't, I don't have them all perfectly memorized, but it's basically viewed the page, registered, uh, became a lead, purchase, and I think before purchase, there's at least add to cart. I have a feeling I'm forgetting one, but those, those are the basic ones. They're pretty generalized. You can also then have your own custom ones. So depending on your website, your funnel setup, you may want to track something really particular and you can give the event, if, if you've got a programmer or a programming skills to do so, uh, you can give the event your own name and, and have it fire off, trigger, when somebody does a certain thing. Or maybe they click a specific button on the page. Maybe they watch a video. Go ahead, I didn't hear that. I was just gonna say video, yeah. Video, yes, is, is a common one. So what do you do with all that once you've got it? Well, presuming that it all works correctly, which as I mentioned earlier, is not always the case, but if it works correctly, you've got, uh, presumably you're running a marketing campaign of some kind, presumably it's paid Facebook ads, and you wanna know, when I run my ads, do I actually get sales from this, or do people actually join my email list? Uh, do they register? Do they Yep, register for the webinar. Um, so in your Facebook ads manager, you have these columns. First column on the left shows the campaign that, or the ad that you're looking at. And or there's a lot of columns, but you can turn on a column that shows, did people opt in? Did they purchase? Yes or no? And it's numbers. It's, it's just simply numbers. Zero if nothing happened. One or more if one or more people did and were tracked. And uh, related to that, there'll be another column that shows your 
amount of money spent on ads, your ad spend budget, compared to how many you got. So if you spent $100 on ads and you got one sale, it'll show you you're paying $100 to get a sale. If you spend $100 on ads and you got 10 sales, it'll show you you're spending $10 to get a sale. And ultimately, this is how you manage any paid advertising campaign. You have to see, is it working and what is it costing in general? And what is it costing per conversion? What's the conversion? Again, the conversion is the sale, the lead, the registration, whatever it is you're trying to get with that campaign. So uh, yeah, so that, that's it. In a nutshell. Um, so some questions. So do you get, for the different types of event that we discussed, so maybe maybe in your site you've got an add to cart, uh, you've got a registration, uh, you've got a check, you know, you've got uh, an order form completion checkout. Um, do they all show up in different columns potentially? Or? They do, yep. So some of it, a, a couple of the basics are always available as a column and they are always aggregated. Now, this is another point of confusion. If you're running ads to your site and on that site, you've got multiple pages, multiple forms, and you have them all labeled as lead, that's it, just the plain default category lead or purchase. Purchase is rarely as much of a problem because most people don't have multiple shopping carts but it is quite common to have multiple registration forms or lead capture forms. So if they're all called lead, then you're going to go look at a particular ad. You thought you were running the ads traffic to a particular page with an opt-in form and you presume that the column called lead is showing you the leads that came in on that page. But in actuality, if they went there, left that page, went to your homepage or anything else and found a whole different form, and opted in there, and it's tagged as a lead as well, It's they're all going to be lumped in together. And I've, I've seen people, um, yeah, nearly, nearly have a breakdown over, <laughs> over having multiple pages accessible through one ad, and then all the data is getting lumped together, all these, all these leads or even all these sales. So, um, yeah, so that, that brings up the topic of, well, how do you separate them? You separate them by creating your own custom conversions. If you go to the Facebook Ads Manager, there, it, click on the menu, um, there is a, a whole separate area called custom conversions. And basically, um, there's two ways to do this, which again adds to the confusion. Right there in the Facebook manager, you can say if an event, you specify the event, happens on this page, call it a, a, an ABC lead rather than just generally leads, whatever name you want to use, ABC lead, um, you know, webinar, the May webinar, for example, uh, mm -hmm. rather than just all leads being webinar registrations. Um, that's one way to do it. You can also not set that up in the ads manager. You can just modify again, if you're a programmer or have the skills, you can modify the pixel that you embedded on that particular page on your website, um, to send the custom name up to Facebook. And then it, and then it can show up as a column. Either way. Um, so here's the bit that you block of code that is what most people are talking about when we use this term Facebook pixel and it goes in the header of all pages on your website all of them uh, it's simply there's a lot of ways to explain it but basically it's the baseline that just makes the page talk and send data back to your specific Facebook ads account without that uh, even if you set up the other code it may send data to Facebook but Facebook would have no idea who the data was for or who it belonged to 
So there's there's the fundamental bit of code, the Facebook pixel, and then there's optional additional bits of code. Those are the events. So that's that's what we were just talking about. Is this this action that somebody took on my site? It's a lead. They opted in. They made a purchase. It becomes an event, and the events can become conversions. Not all events are conversions because uh, a lot of additional data, as I said before, does flow back up into Facebook. Uh, page views, button clicks, a lot of other mated stuff, form fills, uh, things that a lot of people will never use and don't need to use. It's all in there. So not every event is a conversion, but the conversions are definitely built on some of the events. So if I can just also clarify, so Facebook is automatically creating a lot of these events yes. based on people filling in forms or people clicking on add to cart maybe, or do you have to then, or would you have to sort of specify to add some code to the form or add some code to the button that goes to the cart to make sure that happens? Good question. So this is one of the confusion points. So a lot of it is just automated and happens whether you want it to or not. When you look in your, again, if you're in your Facebook ads manager, there's a, there's a section for the pixel and a page. It's just for the events. You can look in there. You can see all the events that are happening. If you know for sure that one of those events that are automatically happening is your conversion, then you can just use it. You can label it in the custom conversions and use it. However, in a lot of cases, this automated event stuff uh, is not pinpoint accurate and you really need as much accuracy as you can in order to know that you're measuring the right thing and making the right decisions. So in most cases, you will not be using the automated stuff, not all cases, but most of them, and you're going to want to manually define your own. Okay, so again, how do you do that? You either add an additional snippet of event code to one particular page on your site, the page that has the action you're measuring, or you go into the custom conversion screen in the ad manager and you spell out in detail this page, this button, that's, that is what we're counting here as a custom conversion. Right. So, you know, if you're spending decent money on Facebook ads, then you're going to want to make sure that this is done right and you'll probably want to add that extra code because why wouldn't you? Um, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I feel inspired to have a, a scientific advertising conversation. Have you ever read that book? Yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, t tell me about it. What, what, well, what will Claude Hopkins say? Yeah, so yeah. Claude Hopkins wrote scientific advertising in about 1921. It's about 100 years ago. It's about 100 yeah, years ago. Yeah, he's considered the, uh, the, the godfather of intentional and calculated advertising. Yeah, so at, at, at the time, um, sort of direct mail maybe it wasn't but you know advertising in print was fairly new um and he was one of the sorts of pioneers in in split testing ads over a long period of time and you know if in doubt test it measure the results but it has to be measurable for you to improve it that's what he would have said um and all of, all of this is 100 years later is coming around again because we now have all of these testing tools all at our disposal that people by and large are perhaps not deliberately ignoring, but not knowing how to use properly, I guess. Um, I think, so, I think uh, in part because a lot of these tools are, are quite complicated. Um, exactly. And so it's kind of funny um, compared to Claude Hopkins day, 
these the very things we're talking about all this uh ad network automation and tracking uh makes the ability to do advertising and actually do it with a direct response uh style so we, we may need to explain what direct response is but basically discover measure it and discover what is working what's not and make reasonable decisions based on that um it is so much easier to do nowadays than it was 50 years ago 50 years ago or 100 years ago um, the best you could do would be to use like a coupon code. In fact, this is why coupons were invented. Uh, you send to two batches of people, you give batch A one coupon code, you give batch B a second coupon code. Most consumers think of coupons as, yay, I get a discount. Uh, it may be a discount to get you to take action, but the real thing going on with that coupon code is not just uh, randomly driving sales with the discount, it is to divide segments of the, of the marketplace and see which, you know, either either which audience responds better, audience segment, or if you're sending two different offers to two different groups, which offer got better response. Uh, and nowadays it's just uh, so easy to do this with, with, the, with tracking and something like the Facebook pixel. You can run five ads or a hundred ads. Uh, imagine using a coupon code and trying to run 10,000 tests with coupons. You'd go crazy, but you can easily run 10,000 tests with Facebook ads and uh, sort them with one click of a button in your ads manager and, and find the winner. Although having said that, I think yeah. it is more complicated now that attribution is getting more complicated and we have more media and actually some people will see your coupon code and they won't buy from that, but they'll see a Google ad later and they'll buy from the Google ads, but that's a whole separate conversation. That <laughs> it, it is. That we should have it another is, day. It's important. And yet at the same time, if you follow the 80-20 principle, um, it's good enough. Yeah, you can learn that, like the, those attribution problems. They existed 100 and 500 years ago too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but nobody could see deep enough into the hole, so to speak, to even worry about it. Uh, yeah. It's just like first world problems or something. We've got so much data that now we're stressed out about 13 layers deep when you only need to worry about <laughs> something. So uh, yeah, um, let's see. Uh, so let, let's let's give an example now. I. I happen to be terrible at off-the-cuff math, so help me out here, Rob, or we'll use calculator or whatever, but um, why should you bother? Like, what, what is the point? Well, the point is this. Uh, if, if you're an advertiser, we're going to generally presume that you're in this to make money, and if you spend $1,000 on ads and you made nothing or made $300, uh, you quite literally lost money. I mean, you're, you're burning money. Uh, all the more so if you're spending $10,000 uh, or $100,000 per month or per year, whatever, whatever it may be. Now, now that sounds silly to some, uh, but think about this. Um, so I actually have a little bit of experience with uh, classic offline advertising in newspapers and magazines and such. If you decide to put your product in a nationwide magazine, um, you can easily and quickly be dishing out uh, $5,000, $10,000 for a, a nice full color ad, especially if you're doing like a whole page or something. And, you know, it just, it just goes out there and all kinds of people see it. And you can really only put one in an, in an, in an issue, right, a publication. And just, just imagine like you're kind of shooting in the dark. Yeah, you hope that a week later after the magazine hits the stands or the newspaper is delivered that day or whatever, you hope that the phone rings or people walk in the door, but it's like, it's all so intangible and it's very risky. Um, online, we have an opportunity to get a handle on what actually happened very, very quickly. 
So you spend again, $5,000, $10,000 in Facebook ads and, and you would never want to do that without tracking and like just run a bunch of ads, spend a bunch of money, hope that you get a bunch of clicks and then wait and see, uh, you know, does, does somebody buy, does somebody come to the site, does somebody walk in the door or call on the phone? Because the only people that win when you do that is Facebook. That's exactly right. If I could sort of summarize the Facebook uh, conversion tracking things that people should do, I guess, first of all, it's to go and install, like, first of all, go and make sure that the global snippet that Facebook give you is installed on every page on the site in the correct place, which is normally in the head section so that it's got the highest chance of loading. Um, which sounds really basic, but like there's so many ads accounts. Like this is the most common thing that I see is like, like you go into like a Facebook account and it just hasn't been set up properly or the code hasn't been set up properly or it's been only put on the homepage, like really stupid stuff. And it's like, you know, just, just, just go and double check it. If you're going to spend good money, double check it. I think the second thing then is to think, well, are the, are the custom conversions that you need to define just based on people visiting certain pages. So that could be after someone opts in, maybe they end up on a thank you page. So, you know, you can basically from just from the, just from the global snippet, say, I want people who view the thank you page to be, you know, ABC conversion. But then you've also on top of that, you've got events. So if you, if you're doing something a bit more complicated and you have like an e-commerce store, for example, and you want to track, I don't know, people clicking on add to cart buttons or people doing more specific, more granular things on the site, then you're going to want to really get to grips with the events and make sure that those are being tracked correctly and decide which of those events you want to use or you want to optimize your ads for. Yep. Is, that, is that a reasonable summary or if I'm misunderstanding yes, out? Yeah. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Maze Marketing Podcast, you can also sign up for a free set of Maze Building resources called Maze Mastery Essentials. In Maze Mastery Essentials, you get access to our Google Ads Audit Guide, our email and Facebook ad templates, and a video series walking you through remarketing setup on Google and Facebook. To get free access, just head to mazemastery.com.